Hey everybody, welcome once again to the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined as always by Raj Geary. And today we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw for January 23rd, 2017. Now Matt Morgan, uh, unfortunately, could not be with us tonight, but he will be back. Uh, actually, he'll be with us this Wednesday for our SmackDown Live recap. And uh, then we'll also be talking with Matt about predictions for the Royal Rumble. But tonight, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw, the go-home Raw before the Royal Rumble. Raj and I will give a bit of a preview of what to expect uh, in the final pay-per-view. We had some more stuff announced tonight that we're going to be seeing during that show. Raj, how's it going, man? Good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Uh, finally over that cold. And I want to thank our fan base. I was actually really touched. I got a lot of nice DMs and emails and tweets from people uh, saying they missed me on the show last week. So I'm glad you and Matt were able to hold it down. But, you know, I'm touched that the fan base cared so much. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have all three of us on soon enough. But yeah, it's been a lot of... A lot of people getting sick lately. Myself, I'm starting to come down with something, but I'll definitely be on this Wednesday. And, and Matt will be joining us for the first time on the Wednesday podcast this Wednesday at noon. So, so make sure to check it out with myself and Glenn. Awesome, man. So let's talk about the show. We started off uh, Roman Reigns. You know, what was interesting about this, uh, you know, it wasn't even necessarily that I was timing it, but it was amazing that, you know, we had Roman there. We had the buildup, but, it, you know, a couple minutes, Roman starts to talk. And I don't know if you noticed this, and I don't even want to say, oh, there weren't as many boos. There seemed to be some legit cheers for Roman in Cleveland tonight. I mean, he usually gets some. Uh, yeah. he, he definitely got more boos. Uh, it seemed like, to me, his typical reaction. I thought, you know, in his match with Jericho, as the match went along, he was getting more and more cheers. Uh, and, but a lot of that had to do with Jericho and just, you know, how, how, how well he can manipulate the crowd. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, one thing I really noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, is him saying 40,000 people at the Alamo Dome. So uh, it looks like they're going to be tarping off a, a good chunk of the, the stadium because you know, <laughs> usually the last Royal Rumble did 60,000. So it looks like, um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be tarping it off and going for a 40,000 configuration, which, you know, still still a big crowd. But Definitely. it's odd, like they haven't really been pushing like, Royal Rumble ticket sales or anything over the last few weeks, you know, it's just, yeah. it's, uh, and you would think with the stadium that size, you would. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they do some discounts, something just to get more butts in the seats and make it look a little fuller on TV. Yeah. Just something even online, you know, just more, more aggressive to, you know, get the tickets moving. But, uh, but yeah, that's what they're looking at is 40,000. So it will not be the biggest Royal Rumble of all time. That'll still go to the 1996 Rumble. Hmm, interesting. Well, so Roman came out and uh, then was interrupted by Owens and Jericho. So we set a match for them later in the show, uh, rematch between Jericho and Reigns for the U.S. title. Um, you know, I thought it was an okay start to the show. I thought it took a little long, though, to, to really get things going. I mean, Owens and Jericho were, you know, very funny, very entertaining as usual. Uh, but then, you know, we had uh, the promo for Goldberg teasing him coming up, which, of course, happened at the end of the show. There was a promo for uh, NXT TakeOver San Antonio. But then we came back to the first real match of the night, and that was Gallows versus Cesaro. Uh, what did you think of that, Raj? I, I, I always think it's... It sometimes sets a tone for Raw, you know, what they choose for the first actual wrestling action. Uh, what did you make of that matchup kicking off uh, the action for the night? Really, up until this point, it just feels like the kind of the, the same thing we've been seeing the past few weeks, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of the same, uh, just a slight variation of the same thing they've been doing the last few weeks. So, um, yeah, it just kind of felt like running in place, you know, Cesaro. They're going to be doing the pre the pre-show match, the kickoff match, um, with two referees. It's going to be Cesaro and Sheamus defending against uh, Gallows and Anderson. And, um, yeah, that uh, Cesaro is <laughs> still relegated to pre-show duty, you know, even after all yeah. this time. Well, there were some other uh, pre-show surprises that were announced for Royal Rumble. Uh, before we get too far into the episode, uh, we'll be talking more about this later, but I want to let everyone know that this episode of the Wrestling Inc. podcast is brought to you by WWE Slam Crate, powered by Loot Crate. Tag into a bi-monthly box for the WWE Universe, loaded with exclusive and authentic collectibles, plus apparel that you can't get anywhere else. And you could save $3 off your first box at lootcrate.com slash wrestlinginc when you sign up and use the coupon code Wrestling Inc. That's lootcrate.com slash wrestling inc. Um, so to your point, yeah, Gallows versus Cesaro uh, definitely feels like what we've seen before, but then we had a nice segue or a segue that I really 
appreciated. Okay, so you know we had uh, Mick talking backstage to Stephanie via speakerphone. Seth came in, apologized for interrupting. He wants you know to get his Royal Rumble spot, and then it was announced he was going to be going against Seth Rollins uh, for for only one man making it into the Rumble. Based on that, um, we had an interview breaking that up with uh, Corey Graves and Bailey, but we'll talk about that in the context of what the promo they did with Charlotte also, but let's talk about this match because I have to say, I mean, I really liked it. You know, I'm a total Sami Zayn mark. I love anything that they do with him, uh, but I love that they had him with Rollins face versus face as it were for the single spot, even with the fake out ending, you know, I was very, very happy that Sammy got the win, but what did you think of the matchup itself in the match? I thought it was great. This is really where the show turned around for me. I yeah. thought like it, uh, it really picked. I thought this was the best match on Raw in in a long time. I mean, I thought I thought this you know fantastic. The second half, you know, when they came back from break, yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. And then the little Triple H tease they did at the end there, you know, just you know capped it off. So I thought I thought it was I thought it was really. I mean, I hate that this is awesome. You know, this is awesome chance, but this was this was awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're so good together. It just it looked so, I mean, just in the ring, you could tell that these guys have worked together before. They have definite ring chemistry. And I like the storytelling they did with it. I mean, we've been talking about for a while now that it's pretty much uh, right all but a certainty that it will be Triple H versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. This furthers the buildup to that. And at the same time, gets fan favorite Sami Zayn in the Rumble. Uh, just, you know, we'll talk about specific predictions uh, a little later on. And of course, we'll go into more detail on that on Wednesday's podcast. But how do you think Zayn's going to fare? You know, in some ways, I think uh, in my mind, he's a dark horse. I know this is taking into account nothing behind the scenes, but I think he would certainly be a dark horse Cinderella story of, of a good uh, trajectory we could tell using the Rumble as a kickoff point. Uh, you know, just just from how he's been used lately, I, I don't see him, uh, you know, I, I could see him lasting a little bit, but I don't see it, you know, anything... I don't see him getting a big push in this rumble. Yeah, maybe a meaningful feud, maybe a meaningful story arc will come out of it for him. But you know what's interesting? Uh, he, I, you know, so I did catch up and watch last week's Raw with uh, Sammy sort of sh- subbing in for his little uh, Shield fanboy fantasy there. And um, I don't know. It's it's. I think it's a good sign that they're still booking him in these prominent matches. They're not booking him like an A-list talent, but he's still he's still in the mix, which to me is great to see as a fan who was very worried that he was buried for a while there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's yeah. upper mid card, really. Uh, you know, or upper mid card. But you know, he's uh, you know he's a, he's great in the ring. He, I mean, he just showed it tonight. So um, he he keeps at it. It'll it'll get there. I think. Yeah, I, I try to think. Has he ever has he had a really bad match against anyone? I mean, on the main roster that you could think of. Um, I, I'm sure he's had a few. Um. Didn't he wrestle Titus? Like, uh, <laughs> I vaguely point. remember that. Yeah, so lackluster, maybe. but not a bad match. Just a lackluster. Uh, yeah, I guess so it, great. Would, it wouldn't have been terrible, but it, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, yeah. Uh, but no, you're absolutely correct, though. That this is where the show really picked up. In fact, I think from that stretch, probably up through. Um, the uh, tag match, certainly probably up until that last cruiserweight match, I would say that Raw had a streak of like what close to two hours of of moving, of shaking, of flying, of feeling like, oh my God, this isn't just the show that goes on forever. Yeah, did we skip the Bailey promo? We did skip the Bailey promo. Let's talk about that in the context of Charlotte, but you know what? Okay. Let's cover it right now. Let's cover it now. Uh, this is okay. good. So we had Bailey and Corey Graves. Um, this is exactly between last week and this week, as we talked about. They're just repeating the Daniel Bryan storyline, but even with more of, a, oh my God, she was such a fan. Uh, I mean, what, what do you make of this this setup with it? And how did you think she was on the mic with Corey? I like the idea of it, but I just think she there's just something missing with her promos on these. Like she just comes across as, even though everything she's saying is real, it just doesn't sound like she's you know believable. Like she's they're scripting her to where it doesn't come across as natural. So I I, I mean I thought this promo didn't do her any favors. I, th- I thought it was pretty weak. Well, you know what was interesting about this though. So so by contrast, Charlotte, who's someone that I know we've talked about before, could be a little awkward on the mic in a in a live situation. I thought Charlotte's pre-taped promos tonight, uh, her interview with Corey Graves actually was coming came Charlotte came across the best I've seen her come across just as sort of speaking naturally and in a way that, you know, maybe it didn't put you on her side, but she was at least, you know, compelling and stringing sentences together without, you know, a crowd chanting what at her at her every other uh line but with bailey this is the thing though man 
So you're right that there was something that was a little, I don't want to say unnatural, but it just didn't, it wasn't like that flow of charisma that we saw in some of her earlier NXT work, but this was pre-taped. I mean, maybe we could talk about this with Matt in, you know, uh, in greater detail on Wednesday, but, but what's the deal? Like they had a chance. This was, you know, they could have done as many takes as time would allow to perfect this. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they, they thought it was good enough. Like maybe they felt like it, it didn't require spending that much time on it. But uh, yeah, I thought it, it's just the stuff with Bailey hasn't worked the last couple of weeks, even yeah. though they're trying to do what they should be doing, you know, with their character. But I just don't know if it's the scripting or what, but something's not coming across. Well, the craziest part of this, and I don't know why they didn't just reuse this. If you watch last week's episode, they showed the clip of her reading that paper on Breaking Ground, right? And it's like, why not just show that same video package from Breaking Ground? My recollection of that was that whole thing was really good when she was talking about her childhood. I mean, it was it was the exact same beats of the story, but in a much more natural way. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what it needs is more of the natural as opposed to, you know, being very overly scripted. Yeah. Although I do have to say, uh, like, I, I can't remember the last time this happened, right? Did you notice, and may, maybe I just do being from the Bay Area, like, between last week and this week, especially, really putting over the Bay Area in terms of talking about, I mean, last week she was at San Jose, SAP Center. This week, even talking about Newark, which is a suburb of San Jose, where she's actually from, but nobody says Newark because you're going to think of Newark, New Jersey, not Newark, California. But I thought that was really interesting how she worked so much of the geography into it. That's not normally found in most yeah, I, I I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, it was just strange to me because normally they just say San Jose and that's it. But yeah, she was really uh, leaning on that. I don't know. You know, I'm rooting for her. It would take a lot. What would it take for you not to root for Bailey? How would she have to not even get heat, but how would she just have to lose your interest as a face? And they keep doing this. And they'll <laughs> get there. <laughs> I guess maybe if she kicks a puppy, maybe if she you know, just like smacks a child in the front row. But no, apparently just I mean, you already I mean, her reaction, you know, last week during that segment was it was uh, pretty lukewarm at best. Yeah, the poems last week. That was uh, yeah. that was something else. The less yeah. said about that, the better. Um, so, of course, as we mentioned, uh, Sami Zayn won the match with Rollins. We had the Triple H fake out. Um, but then we went to a cruiserweight match. Okay, so Tony Nese, Arya Davari, Drew Gulak versus TJ Perkins, Mustafa Ali, and Jack Gallagher. Um, here's the most notable thing about this match for me. They talked so much about the I forfeit match from 205 Live last week and didn't show any clips. We didn't see the package, as it were. Um. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, one thing, Gallagher, he got a pretty good pop coming out. Well, he's the most charismatic man. I mean, yeah. like, legitimately, just everything about him, right? Not only his character, not only the way he talks, but his moveset, everything. I mean, he's he's the best thing in the cruiserweights right now. Yeah, so he he's he's working, you know? Like, it's, it's you know, the cruiserweights, is, it's taking a while to get there, if, if it will get there. But uh, Gallagher is, you know, he's he's one of the guys that is is getting over, him and Neville, so... Uh, that's good to yeah. see. And Mustafa Ali, I thought, you know, he, he didn't do too much tonight, but the stuff he did was, you know, really, you know, it was spectacular, that finisher. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. No, I thought the moves were good. I thought uh, it was an enjoyable match. But yeah, um, just so interesting, though, for them to talk about something that happened on 205 Live without showing the match as they have in recent weeks or showing high points from it. I thought that was a real missed opportunity there. Um, so. Then after that, we had a New Day tease. New Day comes out to the ring, interrupted by Enzo and Cass, interrupted by Rusev and Jinder Mahal and Lana, and then Titus O'Neil came out. And just when you think we're going to see more Titus O'Neil New Day action, um, thankfully, it turned into a four-on-four match with uh, Braun Strowman, Rusev, Jinder Mahal, and Titus O'Neil versus the New Day, Enzo Amore, and Big Cass. So, uh, Raj, what did you think of this matchup? Uh, first, did you notice Sasha Banks' husband making a cameo? I did uh, not. Backstage? Yeah. Oh, that was him with, with the pop-out thing. With the right, New with Day. the New Day. Yeah, that backstage segment. That makes um, sense. But yeah, I, you know, I thought... You know, again, I'm 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 a fan of Rusev's mic work, so I, I like the handsome Rusev stuff. And and uh, but yeah, I was I was just wondering, like, what 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 job guy are they going to have? You know, team with Titus, Jinder, and Rusev. And so it was a cool cool little surprise. And uh, so yeah, I thought that was, that was a good good demonstration. You know, a, a good exhibition for him. And and at the end, the crowd was hot for him and Enzo, even though they yeah. they knew where it was going. So. I thought I thought this was great, and I thought you know the big show, you know you you 
you say it on a given night, like, oh, Big Show's going to feud with Braun Strowman. I think a lot of people would groan, but they did it. They did it perfect tonight. I thought people were like really into that. And uh, Show looked amazing. And Strowman, I mean, he's huge, but Big Show's standing bigger. standing next to yeah. Big Show made me appreciate just how big he is. Because um, yeah, you know. So do you think that's going to come out? I mean, actually, you know, that would make sense. I mean, it's maybe not, you know, it's certainly not a, a Taker versus Strowman or or anything. But I, I could see, I mean, Big Show versus Strowman, right? I mean, Big Show versus Braun. That could be a solid storyline to come out of the Rumble and carry us for a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure that, you know, they got the the February pay-per-view coming up. Or, or, or I guess it's early March for Raw with Fastlane. So I could see them doing that there. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Now that Big Show's been out of action for so long, if you were just like not looking at the screen, not watching anything, I just play both two songs for you. Could you tell the difference between the Big Show's theme song and the theme from the sitcom Roseanne? If I just put those on back to back, could you identify each one just from the music at the beginning? Because in my head, they've become the same song. If you well, if you take out well, if it's the Big Show, right? Because <laughs> that kind of goes that. Even with that, I think like, oh, is Roseanne on? You know, they're very similar songs. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess, yeah. But uh, no, Big Show, though, looking jacked, looking great. And uh, I think, man, I'm, I'm stoked for the Rumble. Like, you know what I yeah. feel like this is like? This is like the WWE All-Star Game. I mean, but like one that actually people care about, you know? I think this is the most stoked I've been for the actual Rumble match itself. In I can't remember when. So it's been a long time. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome because it's just yeah. so this, – this year is legitimately uh, pretty unpredictable. There's so many different ways they can go. And, and better than Survivor Series, Survivor Series tried to play it up with the idea of teams. But you know what this feels like to me? I don't know how much you read comic books as a kid. But to me, this feels like like Marvel's Secret Wars. Like the idea like we have all the heroes and all the villains together and like a big brawl yeah. uh, just going at it. And I love that. I love that. Um, there, I mean, there's so many names involved and so much so. Do, do you have the complete rundown of who's uh, of all the Rumble entrants so far? I'm sure it's on Wrestling Inc. Yeah, it's on, it's on Wrestling Inc. If you go to the event section, it's all updated. So. They're all there. I think it's 22 people now that are okay. official. So, so yeah. we, got, we got eight slots, eight slots for surprises. Yeah, I'm sure there'll probably be a couple more named on SmackDown. So, you know, yeah. probably, probably leaving us with, you know, five to six spots open. But it's exciting, man. I mean, this some this, of these this, UK guys are being called down this weekend. I don't know if they put them in the Rumble because I just think so many people won't know who they are that it'd be kind of a waste of a, a spot. Um, but like Tyler Bate, uh, gosh, who else was there? I'll have to double check, but um, yeah, I, I it just seems like maybe they're going to use him for something else, maybe a, a you know a, a kickoff show match. But putting him in the rumble, I think it's just kind of a waste of a, a couple spots. And speaking of surprises, we can do this because he's not here. But you know, Matt Morgan, those personal issues. You think you know some crash training? You think surprise entrant? Oh yeah, this swerving us. Could be, could be. <laughs> Except that he's going to be on Wednesday now. If he he comes up if, if he's make sick on Wednesday, then then yes, then yeah. something's up. Tune in Wednesday to see if uh, Matt's at the Performance Center. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I really dug that match. I thought that was really cool um, tonight. Love the stare down between Big Show and Braun. And, you know, we talked about this. This is kind of like what we were complaining about, what I've been complaining about. Um, they gave us a different matchup tonight just by putting Braun in the mix there and having Braun and Enzo just seeing guys yes. that you normally don't see fighting each other. Exactly. Like, it freshens up the show. You know, I have this thought. Yeah, instead me, of having Reigns wrestle Jericho every week, oh, you know, put him against Gallows or, you know, someone else. Just it's different. And you could still do the storylines. You could still have Owens on commentary. Uh, you can still keep that feud going, but have the matches be mixed up a little bit. Yeah, no, and I, I just I hope they they do more of this. You know, even with Braun, if we get another Braun squash run, I would love to see him just battle everyone on the roster. Just put put him against everyone. You know, figure out how he's going to win, but just change it up for the, for the love of God. Uh, do something different. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the rest of the show in a moment, but want to take a, another minute here and give some love to the sponsor of this episode. To one of the sponsors of this episode, you heard me talk about at the top of the show, Slam Crate. WWE Slam Crate powered by Loot Crate. Now, we talked about it before. It's a bi-monthly box for the WWE Universe. It's loaded with exclusive and authentic collectibles plus apparel you can't get anywhere else. It is hand-picked and created by Loot Crate, and each crate contains over $60 in value. Here's what we want you to do. Head over to LootCrate.com slash Wrestling Inc. And when you're there, you can sign up for the next crate that's going to come out. And what's cool is in this next one, you're going to get Seth Rollins' authentic limited edition T-shirt that you can only get 
through Slam Crate. In addition to that, though, you're going to get all sorts of other stuff. So I'm going to show you some things that were in the last crate that showed up at my house shortly before Christmas. So we got a Daniel Bryan exclusive Yes Beanie, got a Bailey Bear was in the last crate, uh, got a John Cena diecast metal figure here, and uh, there was a limited edition AJ Styles t-shirt that came in there also. So we've talked about some of the other stuff that's been in previous months. We had limited edition Sasha Banks sunglasses came in one crate along with a Nakamura poster. Also, and there was Mitch the Plant. Remember uh, Dean Ambrose's short-lived sidekick? And what's so cool about Loot Crate, uh, what Slam Crate, powered by Loot Crate, is that this is put together for the hardcore WWE fans. Stuff like Mitch the Plant, they would never sell that. But if you sign up for Slam Crate, you can get cool, die-hard fan merch inside your slam crate each month so what we want you to do again is head on over to uh lootcrate.com slash wrestling inc and when you sign up and use the coupon wrestling inc you're going to save three dollars off your first box that's lootcrate.com slash wrestling inc sign up it's like a gift to yourself it's great when these come in the mail it's like you open it up and it's like oh my god there's all this cool merch i forgot i even subscribed to it now here it is presents for me raj you got the last one too right was it as big of a yep. hit at your household uh absolutely and I, I think i wore the aj styles shirt on uh a couple of weeks ago but yeah it's awesome man and uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great deal. I, I definitely recommend it to any any WWE fan. Got to get it. And and the, and did you mention the poster in there too? The Ultimate Warrior poster. Oh yeah, that's right. There was an Ultimate Warrior yeah. poster in the last one. So they put all sorts of stuff in there. I mean, that's the thing. Literally, you can forget how much stuff you get in your crate when you're talking about it because it's so jam packed full of WWE goodness. So that's LootCrate.com/slash/wrestling/inc. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. Also, uh, while we're talking about sponsors, let's take a moment and thank DDP Yoga for sponsoring the Wrestling Inc. podcast. So, you know, DDPY, you've seen their the, just the results from stuff like their awesome Max Pack, which is used by the likes of Chris Jericho, AJ Styles, Mick Foley, and tons of other WWE superstars, including Gold Dust. They love using DDPY, and for a limited time, you can get the DDPY DVDs for 25% off, plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app, or for digital only, just get the DDP Yoga Now app for 25% off. And the way you can do that is by going to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. They also have a deal where you can buy a max or a combo pack at 25% off and get 50% off the second one. Hey, it's 2017. January is almost over. Can you believe that? Like the year is already 8% done for 2017. Don't let it pass you by. Take control of your health. Take control of your life with DDP Yoga. Go to ddpyoga.com slash wrestling inc. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast and real quick with the slam crate you know what this is because this was in this was in the slam crate too oh yeah yeah. is it uh i mean it looks like cufflinks but they're too it's too big it's the belt i thought it was just a pin it's an intercontinental pin for just for your shirt yeah just an ic championship pin all right hey let everyone know you're the looks it looks awesome i just didn't know what it uh didn't know what it was so i thought i'd ask you now, now that the Miz, now that we've passed the Miz, returning the prestige to the IC title, Mary wear your IC it. pin with pride. Exactly. All Even right. though Dean Ambrose is holding that belt. And they're probably going to change those belts. <laughs> the Intercontinental and the US. Whether they're going to swap them between brands? No, they're going to, they're redesigning them. Oh, really? I mean, because the IC title hasn't that been the same since day one? Uh, they, I, they changed it before. I And then... I think it was the Miz that actually brought back, or Cody Rhodes brought back the original IC title design. Yeah, it's been uh, the white belt with that that design for a while. But that's interesting that they're redesigning it. That'll be uh, interesting to see the makeover. Yeah. Um, one thing. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention because I don't think uh, looking in the recap here. Okay, there we go. Okay, we'll mention that when we get to it. Pardon me, folks. I, I, uh, I got to mention one thing. When yeah, they showed that replay of the. Uh, the 1995 Royal Rumble where Shawn yes. Michaels and the Bulldogs started and they, they finished it. That ending, the way they were able to pull that off, that was just the one of the coolest Royal Rumble endings ever with him dangling, you know, and, and being able to, because that's a risky move to, you know, take that yeah. clothesline and just hang there on, you know, with one arm. So, I mean, just watching that now, it's just still amazes me. Uh, you know, they pulled that off perfect. So that's something here. This is in the business, what they call a tease. But for Wednesday, we're going to talk to Matt Morgan about the mechanics of a Royal Rumble match and about what goes on behind the scenes in terms of how that's all choreographed and put together. Because you got to think, you know, with all those different guys, all those different spots, it's got to be quite a complicated affair. And, and, and exactly. And how much time you have to like work on the spots or if any. So, you know, we'll, we'll and we'll get a bunch of your questions in uh, this Wednesday. 
Absolutely. So let's talk about the WWE United States title match, the rematch between Roman Reigns and Chris Jericho, a match that uh, ended in DQ <laughs> with Carolyn's <laughs> coming in. I actually really thought something. I mean, do you feel like they're using the disqualification as too much of a cop out with these title matches? Um, I mean, I, I figured that's what was going to happen. They weren't going to have brains win it. They're not going to have them lose. Um, but, you know, the one thing is Reigns was left standing and you know with wwe math it's not 100 percent as always but uh it's like 80 so uh, <laughs> we'll see you know one of those world title changes is most likely going to change hands i mean there's always a chance at both um but maybe it's you know owens walks away with the title and and then they do something at fast lane yeah well although fast lane man i mean yeah i, I guess it depends on how big of a pay-per-view they want to do that on right well, they got Goldberg wrestling at it, so they're which is crazy. Something, yeah, yeah. I mean, Fastlane is. My uh, guess is that Rain still wins, but but you never know. Yeah, huh? Interesting. Oh, sorry. Sites that autoplay things. Oh, I was just calling up the Royal Rumble card there, so we could talk about that in a few moments. But so here's the thing about the DQ. I wasn't even going to say it's every other title match. I feel like it's three out of four title matches now, and with some sort of reason why, you know, count out DQ yeah. interference. I mean, I don't know. Is it getting to the point where that's become such a predictable finish that it really like there are no stakes anymore for these title matches? Cause you know, it's not going to really have an ending. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think that's about right. At least title matches on raw. So um, yeah, it, it's, it does, does get annoying. You would think, you know, you could come up with something a little bit more creative. Yeah. You just get you just hear that collective groan when they do the DQ. But you know, the whole the whole spot of this match was to get Owens in that cage and, and have him floating around. So uh, you know, they got to that and yeah, the fans, I mean, they got the fans kind of cheering Roman by the end. Not, you know, not a hundred percent, but like sixty. Which is more than he, to me, it sounded like so much. I actually that. wondered, are they piping in cheers? Because I was like, this this seems like a better response than he's gotten in uh, in quite some time. But the spot of that match for me was, uh, and I, I mean, I give them points for planning it, even though I thought the execution was so so. But Jericho dangling while Roman did the Superman punch at the end, like I like that at least they tried to do something a little different and more uh, choreographed and interesting with that. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, I, I thought it, I thought I mean Owen sold it great, so I thought it was I thought it was good. Yeah. Um. So after the bell, yeah, the fighting continued. Um. Yeah, <laughs> Owens Jericho were pissed, so it's a no QD, st- uh, no DQ uh, stipulation add to Sunday's Universal Title match. Uh, Owens threw a fit, stormed off. So we had the sit down interview with Charlotte. We touched upon that earlier, but yeah, I don't know. I mean. So if you let me ask you this, if Bailey is losing your enthusiasm based on how you're treating her, is Charlotte picking any of that up or are you in in danger of just becoming sort of indifferent to the whole thing? I mean, Charlotte's doing fine. Like the, I, I thought last week, her segment with Bailey just went too long. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I think she's doing good. Like you, you believe her, like you believe that she believes that she is superior uh, they they go a little overboard, but you know, I th- I thought she, I thought she did well with this promo. Yeah, no, I thought it was good. I mean, she sounded the most natural that she sounded in a long, long time, which I thought was nice. Um, and I just wanted to share with you, I had a conversation the other day with someone who's like a Charlotte Mark, does not care for Bailey, does not care for Sasha Banks, and thinks Charlotte is single handedly bringing back the WWE Women's Division, which I thought was very interesting. I did not know Charlotte actually had fans. <laughs> yeah I, I mean everyone does at some point right it's- yeah like that one guy that wore the luke harper shirt to an event and luke harper actually stopped and was like oh my god someone's wearing a luke harper shirt that's where he made his he made his 70 cents in royalties that month yeah no I, but i thought charlotte was good tonight but i think yeah they just need to give her some stakes they need to give her a viewpoint to care about also genetically superior kind of a weird vibe you know uh kind of a weird weird hook to put behind all that but uh but yeah no i thought tonight she came across okay so i give her credit for that um let's talk about what they did with uh nia jacks nia jacks versus ray lynn so ray lynn uh, assuming local enhancement talent and um squash match but then nia uh you know grabbing the uh after that calling out sasha banks sasha runs out and the the real thing that came out of this we predicted this a few weeks ago Sasha versus Nia on the kickoff show Sunday. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing there'll probably be another match or two announced for the kickoff, you know, um, one for SmackDown tomorrow night, but yeah. Yeah, but this is, I mean, Sasha hasn't been on a kickoff show match in quite some time, so. Yeah, uh, but at least, you know, it's, at least you're on the, at least you're on the show. That's true. That's true. Although you got to wonder that I mean, this is a loaded show. You know, it is so much so that the start time is going to be earlier. Uh, start time is going to be 7 p.m. Eastern and the kickoff show is going to start 5 p.m. Eastern. So, Raj, it's your dream come true. You're going to get to watch six hours of wrestling on Sunday. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then come and talk about it for an hour afterwards. And I'm sure they'll probably add a, a talking raw or raw talk as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's uh but you know, I think the Rumble is one of those events that just goes fast. You know? Yeah. Like with that Rumble match, it, it's it'll probably take I'm guessing an hour and 15 minutes. That would set the record if it goes much longer than that. Yeah. But with all, with all the stars they got, I I'm guessing it's going to be one of the longer ones and and yeah, I, it just goes fast. You're just like waiting for each, you know, elimination and each entrance, so I I'm excited. So I want to touch upon this only because Matt Morgan's not here, and we're not allowed to talk about this when Matt Morgan's here. But uh, there was an Emelina promo that would show. <laughs> now, Raj, you had said to me before, hey, this is taking a long time, but it's no Brodus Clay. Brodus Clay, in your mind, being the longest-running performer that they've teased before he made his debut. So tonight, out of curiosity, I looked that up. Brodus Clay uh, vignettes, best I can tell, started running in October of 2011. Brodus Clay made his Raw debut, uh, re-debut, as it were, after the vignettes, because he had appeared before as Del Rio's bodyguard. But he made his debut in, uh, like, January 12th, 2012, meaning uh-huh. from beginning of October to mid-January. Emelina, beginning of October, now to late January. I think this has surpassed the Brodus uh-huh. Clay record. All right, well, that's that's something me, me and Matt were joking last week. It'd be funny if she shows up and... She's got a walker and she's all old and, you know, (laughs) like she's aged, gray hair. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a a rib, obviously, at this point. But I I honestly do think uh, uh, they do something with her next week. I mean, who knows? She might even be involved in, you know, the the Sasha Nia Jax match or something, you know, to get thrown in the mix. So, yeah, um, that would be an acceptable. The night after the rumble makes the most sense. Absolutely. But she will at least if someone else can point to the record, give me dates, people in the comments here. I want to know if something longer than Brodus Clay or Emelina for a tease uh, that has still yet to happen. Uh, But yeah, certainly taking their sweet time with this one. Um, So here's the part. It was after this match. So let's let's just, you know, mark it officially. Rollins versus Zayn up until Rich Swan versus Noam Dar. Like that's that's where I thought tonight Raw was actually on fire and it felt little like an episode of SmackDown. It was a little fresh, a little interesting, a little faster paced. And then we got to this match. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Noam Dar, he, he comes as close to dropping an F-bomb as you can on, on live TV with the way he says Fox. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he said Fox. Um, and was it Austin Aries that said they referred to her as hot chocolate? I mean, why didn't he just, you know, invoke a more politically correct term like jungle fever while he was at it? No, I, I, I miss that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. The Alicia Fox, the, the, the WWE writers don't know how to write relationships. And, you know, like just one week, just jumping right away to Noam Dar after breaking up with Cedric Alexander. It's, uh, it's lazy, lazy stuff, but no one cares about the storyline anyway. So. Yeah, and Alicia, yeah, I can't believe I'm going to say this because I like this part of her characteristic. It's not that she needs to dial down the crazy, but just maybe don't yell quite as loud. You know, Mike's clip at a certain point, it's just not comfortable to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see her away from all this and, and work yeah, with Emma. Guess. At least give her yeah. something to do, you know? Absolutely. You know, I thought she did an admirable job with the Nia Jax feud uh, yeah. that was short-lived there. I'd love to see Alicia back in the ring and not just be uh, arm candy at this right. point um so after that okay so we uh yeah swan called neville out so what's what's the match that we got cedric alexander versus neville on 205 live and then what do we have for the rumble is it going to be a rumble match or a pre-show match Uh, it's a a rumble match a main card so oh wow yeah so that's a that's a big that's a big step for the cruiserweights you know 
but especially when Sasha Banks is on the pre-show, yes, that is a very big step for the Cruiserweights. Yeah, but I think every match on here, let me double check this. But isn't every match not that isn't the Rumble match a title match? It would appear so. We have uh, the 2017 Royal Rumble, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship, AJ Styles versus John Cena for the WWE Championship, Charlotte yeah. Flair versus Bailey for the Raw Women's Championship, and of course, Rich Swan versus Neville for the Cruiserweight Championship. Um, if this is a four-hour pay-per-view, that Rumble is going to be long. Well, I'm guessing on SmackDown, they'll probably announce a Intercontinental title match. Well, yeah, that rounds it out. Yeah, and... Uh, or a tag mat or a tag team. You know, they got, there's no SmackDown titles right now on the line other than the WWE Championship. Yeah. Um, so you would think they were, they're going to add a couple SmackDown matches to this card. Um, you know, Dean Ambrose versus The Miz, I think. But they're actually, they're both in the Rumble, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess you could do Alexa Bliss. Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, you could do her against Becky Lynch with Mickey James. Uh, in Alexa Bliss's corner again. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you would think there's one more. But yeah, it, it's looking like the main card will be, every match will be a title match. I don't think they're going to overdo the SmackDown stuff because uh, Elimination Chamber coming up three weeks after. Two weeks after, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, uh, two weeks after. Yeah, so I don't think SmackDown's going to get... But I think with such a big pay-per-view, you got to have a, a little more of a SmackDown presence. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to be too much, but I'm sure they're going to probably have one more... Uh, title match on there yeah no, that certainly makes sense um so let's talk about how they ended the show because man this this is really what drove home just uh how big this is going to be we had goldberg announced goldberg came out now goldberg hit his head before coming out and uh i, t- I tweeted it out but man somebody couldn't toss him a towel like at any point during <laughs> well that i think promo. they wiped it off and then it just came back yeah uh yeah just, he he busted his head when he hit the door it seems like he got a little concussion too because he could not get that promo going yeah uh but thankfully to prove how big this was it was like oh my god brock lesnar's here and then once you accepted like that brock lesnar was there oh my god the undertaker's here i mean they're really pulling out the stops to uh have those guys on camera i mean the undertaker for like what 30 seconds uh before cutting to the end uh you know just to, to hype up the rumble for this weekend yeah i mean i thought i mean that I love this last segment, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it took Goldberg a little bit to get going, but I, I thought it just made the Rumble feel that big. Like, yeah. it just made you realize, uh, you know, you got the three all-stars. There's three biggest stars in this match. Uh, you know, you could have added maybe uh, maybe a Braun Strowman or someone from this era, like a full-timer. Um, but, you know, it, it probably was perfect the way that they did it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I, I loved it. Got me, got me jazzed, you know, got me pumped for this pay-per-view. I mean, that was a go-home segment. The, the go-home segments they've been doing lately have been just weak. And so I, I thought they really nailed it out of the park on this one. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, they've, uh, you know, we talked about this before, but they've just run into the ground too much. I mean, the different configurations, you know, of uh, Reigns, Rollins, Jericho, Owens, and Strowman. I mean, it seems like the five of them in the mix continuously last week we had Sami Zayn thrown into that but yeah i love that the show ended you know uh bringing out the big guns and really setting a tone i mean anything can happen with this royal rumble i'm i'm hoping it's not now to the point where expectations will be so high because it's such a stacked lineup that it can't help but disappoint you know uh, they, they, these things are usually so loaded anyway and enough surprises that um I mean, there, you know, the year like Seamus won, I think was a big bust. Uh, so there are years where they're, you know, they aren't, they don't live up to expectations, but, you know, I guess let's not over, overthink it unless it does, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. So far, you know, the odds have been kind of fluctuating all over the place. It's gone from Taker as the favorite to win to Braun Strowman to, Goldberg so you know they don't know yet it hasn't leaked so um so yeah well so wasn't it just the other day I saw headlines isn't didn't they just announce like Taker is due for another major surgery yeah his his hip at some point he's got to get it done so but I think he's gonna hold off until he's done and then uh and then do it yeah yeah I don't know um but I mean he just needs to come in there do a couple you know, uh, choke slams, and it's all. I mean, really, right? I mean, in the Rumble, Taker. That's just show up, make an appearance, slam some dudes, 
Rolls yeah, yeah. You don't have to do too much. And, 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 you know, yeah, he had hip surgery. Uh, seems like he's good to go. And, uh, yes, he doesn't have to do too much and rest up for mania, but yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool seeing where they go. I mean, they, it's still, still kind of hard to tell. I mean, you got Stroman in the mix. Lesnar and Goldberg seems like that's pretty set, but, and Seth Rollins and Triple H, but with Reigns and Cena and AJ and, and Taker, it's, it's it seems all, all up in the air. Well, so let's talk about surprise entrance uh, in a second. But first, just to, to fully wrap it up, because I know week in and week out, people feel we were very hard on Raw when we grade it or give it, you know, a rating. Um, just encapsulating tonight's Monday Night Raw. What, what, what do you think the episode scored on the Raj scale? I would give it uh, for time like a grade. Yeah, I'd give it a a B. I, I think the last two hours were really good. If the first hour was good as well, I, I would give it an A. But yeah, I think a good a good solid B B plus because of how strong that that last segment was. Yeah, I think B plus would be entirely fair. Really, I mean, the weak segments there were very few weak segments. Kind of weaker open. Um, the especially the Gallows versus Sheamus thing, just you know, sort of running that into the ground, and then uh, the second cruiserweight match. But aside from that, weren't weren't uh, any real stinkers this week. So, you know, yeah, I yeah. I mean, there wasn't, yeah, there wasn't anything totally bad or, you know, even, even slightly bad. So, uh, Nia Jax's promo, I thought was, uh, pretty bad, but, uh, she sounded, it's weird. Like she's, uh, this destroyer, but then her promo, she sounded like a Valley girl. She's um, smiling now the last two weeks, she's been smiling more on TV and it's yeah. a little different look for her, but you know, maybe we'll see a little more personality. Um, I'll say this week, had someone come in the room who is not a fan of WWE wrestling. And for the first time in a long time, I was not embarrassed to be watching Monday night raw. Nice. Yeah. I think that's the best Testament you can give it. Yeah. People talking about Goldberg forgetting his lines. I think I, you know what I think it was, I think he was having a hard time getting out WWE universal champion. Because yeah. it, it it's you know it's so probably so unnatural for him to say that because it, it seemed like that's that's where he was getting hung up. Well, and yeah, I could I could certainly see that. And plus, I mean, I don't know. Does anyone really think Goldberg's doing a championship run here? I mean, is that? I'm now watch. I say that we're going to smash cut. To, oh my God, Goldberg won the Rumble. Um, but I mean, but I mean, I don't think right. This is just like a continuation of him and Brock. Like, but what if they make him and Brock for the title? I mean, they, there's always a chance they could do that. And if they feel that's the money match and uh, they want to add, you know, something to it and they got both guys who are, they're both willing to, to wrestle afterwards. So, um, yeah, but that doesn't help the WWE in the long run at all. I mean, that's, isn't that, you know, a big step. Well, it depends. It, 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 whoever wins that, what you do with them. If you use that to get a, a new young guy over, um, you know, then, and Brandon, we've said that many times in the past. They usually don't do that, but, uh, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. Um, but let's talk about some rumble predictions. So Kurt Angle pulled out of uh, an indie date where he was going to do some commentary this weekend. What do you think? You think he's going to show up as an entrant in the rumble? I think it would be great, but, um, I, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I actually thought it was more likely until they announced him for the Hall of Fame, uh, just for the surprise aspect. It's something they've never done, uh, where they announce someone for the Hall of Fame and then they're a surprise in the Rumble. So, uh, but you know, this is the first time for everything. So, I I think I could see him and Samoa Joe being in it. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, I think they both make sense. I think maybe we get one other NXT call up maybe a Ty Dillinger, which I know the internet is so ready for that. It's just going to be, I mean, it's just going to be so disappointing. Yeah. I think they should just so do it. I, I, I don't think they'd have him in long, yeah. uh, but uh, I can almost feel them chanting 10, 10, right. You know, before the number 10 entrance comes out. So I, th- you know, I think they should do it. Um, I could see them bringing some old stars back. I, you know, like, you know, Sid vicious. I could see them if, if he's physically fit um, and can take an over the top bump um, because since it is, you know, 20 years since he, he, mm. he wrestled a title match at that stadium. So uh, I, yeah. So Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle are my picks for the, the big surprises. So tomorrow night on SmackDown live, we saw that uh, he was trying to get it trending doing some, uh, 
pre-show videos. I think that were online about it. But do you think tomorrow night they announced James Ellsworth entering the Rumble for SmackDown? <sighs> Probably, but who cares? <laughs> you know, that'll be what comes out as number ten. That'll be the Vince McMahon just giving the finger. Yeah. Well, he'll he'll probably be the the fast elimination. You know, they always have the one guy that's they they try to the top the previous record for fastest elimination. So I could I could see him being in that spot. Yeah. But no, with eight spots left, I mean that certainly uh leaves some opportunities there. That's the thing. They don't have to get be, you know, the, I don't think they need a lot of surprises. They just need some. Um, well, you know, every year they have the monster that that gets a ton of eliminations, right? Yeah, you got to think that's going to be Braun Strowman this year. Um, yeah, and but you got to think that Taker and, and Lesnar and Goldberg will get a few eliminations themselves. So you're talking about you know a pretty decent chunk, you know, of eliminations probably just from these four or five guys. So, um, so yeah. And do you think we'll get any um, undercard guys? I mean, do you think Kurt Hawkins or uh, uh, um, shows up? <laughs> You know, that they just if they, if, they, if they have no one else, yeah. <laughs> but like, go out there, Kurt, it's your moment. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you do need those breaks where, you know, you can't have all huge names, I guess. I don't know, man. Looking at what's announced so far, the, the, this is, I mean, there's going to be a pop for every single one of these entrants so far. Uh, let's see. I think you're, I think you're right. Goldberg, um, Lesnar, Undertaker, Sami Zayn, Chris Jericho, Braun Strowman, The Big Show, Big E, Kofi, Xavier, Baron Corbin is probably Sheamus, get... Sheamus probably not. Baron Corbin probably Corbin, not. Probably not. But Luke Dean Harper Ambrose, probably not. The Miz, Ziggler, Cesaro, Bray, Randy, Rusev, Big Cass. Um, yeah, man, this is like. This is like, uh, this is pretty stacked. I mean, yeah, I think uh, Seamus and Corbin are going to get the least big or get the least reaction as it were. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God, this this is pretty stacked. This is pretty stacked. This is looking good. I'm really excited about this, especially coming right after takeover um, on Saturday night. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a fun weekend and, and takeover. There hasn't been as much buzz for this year's takeover. I feel like I don't know. What do you what do you think? I think it's the problem. Look, I know I get a lot of crap about this in the comments. It's talking about how I've fallen off NXT since the draft, but it's the reason why a lot of people have fallen off NXT is if you were watching NXT a year ago, you could be the number one NXT fan. Almost everyone you loved on NXT is now on the main roster. Um, and I think the reason there's not as much buzz for the takeover San Antonio card is just that we don't, we don't have as much familiarity. We don't have as much of an investment. I mean, yeah, Bobby Roode versus Shinsuke. Um, I think the women's four-way uh, with Asuka is interesting. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. Um, you know, I think that's a chance to build up some of that female talent. But we've talked about this before. Authors of Pain, man. I mean, come on. They're not, they're not Dash and Dawson. They're not American Alpha. They're not even... I mean, the Ascension at least had some some sort of you know moxie and over the top element the authors of pain are just kind of boring in my opinion i don't know yeah i mean i'm not i mean i'm not really looking forward to any of these matches other than you know shinsuke and bobby Roode and and roderick strong and you know uh, andrade cien almas that that could be good um yeah but that's about it 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 definitely doesn't have the the uh the same buzz as the other ones have had this is probably the weakest takeover card since um one of the ones before i mean probably the weakest one yet since yeah i mean well pre-takeover brooklyn i mean there were some lesser but it was only because they weren't really stars yet um yeah i felt like all of them still had yeah i mean it it did once they started going to the arenas for takeover it it took on a, a different life of its own but um even then, you know, when they did the women's four-way, was that a main event on a takeover? Um, I think there was or one. Was that the co-main? The Brooklyn one, or you think it, the Brooklyn one was the the after show, uh, or the the week after? Okay, um, it was what they taped before the one with the botch uh, that they did the same night as. Uh, Bailey, I'm, for, I'm, I'm forgetting now. Yeah, it, all, <laughs> it all blurs after a while. Yeah, but, but no, but you had stuff. I mean, you know, like you had Sasha, Becky. I mean, like they've had some great matches. Um, I think the women's four way in this one definitely sounds interesting. And I've been watching. Okay, so so to the people that attack me in the comments, I've been watching a little bit online, trying to catch up a little more on NXT, see what I'm missing. And I'll tell you, there's some stuff that I like. You know, um, I like what Peyton uh, Royce and Billy Kay have been doing. I really like what Sanity's been doing. 
Um, I like Gargano and Ciampa. I just don't think, I mean, Gargano and Ciampa and TM61 are not as compelling as American Alpha and Enzo and Cast were. Yeah, I feel like there's a little lack of charisma right now. Uh, yeah. You got a lot of great wrestlers in NXT, uh, but a, a real lack of, uh, you know, a, a good, you know, charismatic guy like you had with, you know, you got Shinsuke, but you, you had a bunch of people before, and I feel like it's it's kind of missing right now. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm excited though, speaking of which that I saw announced this week, uh, you could probably tell me when it's happening, but I'm excited to see Cody Rhodes versus Dalton Castle in Ring of Honor. I saw that that was... Oh uh, yeah, um, I forget when that's happening. I'll, I'll look that up real quick, but yeah. Um, uh, when is, that? is that WrestleMania weekend? Uh, I'm not sure if it's that far out. Let's see. Well, they have the... Uh... Yeah, da, 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 da. Uh, Ring of Honor is the. I uh, know it's just a Michael. few weeks, February twelfth. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think that'll be good. Um, man, Dalton Castle, I really like. Yeah, I don't like him enough to get full on into Ring of Honor. Um, but everything I've watched of his, I think he's he's really really entertaining. So someone's asking if there's any major belts changing hands at the Rumble. I, I think I think one of the, I think definitely, but I think uh, one of those world title changes hands for sure. I think tomorrow night SmackDown would kind of give a, a good idea of what, what it will be. But uh, my guess is my guess is uh, Roman Reigns wins the Universal Championship. <sighs> it's come to that. Yeah. <laughs> You know how I would accept that if, like, if man, we're not going to see Balor. Balor's not coming back for the Rumble, right? He's just not. And I doubt it. I mean, his injury was said to be worse than it was. So, and and he he's looked kind of kind of small. So, I don't think he's ready yet. Yeah, that would be the acceptable way for Reigns to win, in my opinion, is to have Balor in there and then restart that storyline. Yeah. Rumble um but yeah man uh smackdown should be interesting tomorrow yeah absolutely cool so we'll be back here on wednesday to talk about smackdown live myself raj and mr matt morgan giving our final royal rumble predictions and uh, of course talking about smackdown live that's gonna air tomorrow night january 24th on the usa network uh raj anything else we want to cover or plug before we go home here uh no i think that's it Cool, guys. So in the meantime, you can follow both Raj and myself on Twitter. Our uh, handles are linked there in the show notes. Leave us a rating or subscribe on YouTube or iTunes. And uh, yeah, until next time, everybody, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and I'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.